0: So, starting in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. Uh, And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds
1: that's right y'all colorful backgrounds again it's us today mm-hmm. i know what you're thinking weren't y'all supposed to be here last week what? correct mm-hmm. yep huh what um you were no, right. we were you were correct you were right we're, <laughs> that not, gonna, is just we're fact. not gonna lie that's to <laughs> you. like listen like um another fact we got tired <laughs> that's, it. <laughs> that's it we got tired <laughs> Um, we needed a second to regroup before, before what's about to occur, which is happening now, which is the start of our summer short series. Yes.
0: Period. Uh, we're outside in our swimwear and, yeah. uh, what, what else do people do over the summer? Um, slushies <laughs> or something? Sure. Yeah. We
1: got it. There's a, there's an ice cream truck somewhere. Right. Probably selling like oat milk ice cream nowadays. Oh. You
0: know? there's actually a place Someone's got some
1: s'mores yeah what's up
0: that's true Uh, i was gonna say real quick there's a place called god what is it called um we might have to put in the show notes because the name is dessert lab no i made that up um we love a lab shit it's it's a it's a black owned oat oat milk ice cream spot in new york um Shit, I'm forgetting the name what? of it
1: next time I'm there, can we go?
0: yeah, no, absolutely for sure, for sure, for sure. it's it's so fucking good. It's so I mean good. if you
1: live if you live in New York, which you may or may not, we don't know,
0: right, like I'm a mystery, yeah. like what mm-hmm, you know right, exactly. yeah, Yeah. Mm-hmm. silence <laughs> is what we're moving in today <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but oh, yeah, the book um, um we've read <laughs> something to say, right, yeah,
1: well, well, but before we get to that, I wanted to say, you know. To those of you who are new to the show, the summer short series is kind of like a more laid back, chill, um, summer break vibe where we read basically whatever we want. So, you know, typically during the year we read novels, uh, Mm -hmm. unless apparently sometimes we don't feel like it, we do something else. But the summer short series is for exactly the something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's plays, that's comics, that's poetry, comparative literature. It's, It's really whatever we... We would like to do so mm-hmm. yeah nice nice
0: no i'm excited this is usually a very very cute time where we just kind of like you know just i mean we I, I feel like we're generally pretty you know i mean depending on the book of course like you know we t- generally are in a lo- like light-hearted vibe but i feel like the summer in particular we just be like yeah girl we are just chilling yeah
1: yeah, so if you're like looking for some deep critical analysis, you may get it. You may not. Depends on how we feel. Depends on if the oat ice cream, oat milk ice cream store is open. So, um, that is but wrong. <laughs> <laughs> today we'll be reading my pick, which is "Falling in Love with Hominids," a short story anthology by Nalo Hopkins.
0: Hey, back it up, back it up. Um, also. Before I ask you why you chose that short story, anthology, the place is actually cur- called Whipped Urban Dessert Lab. So if you're in Ooh. New York or visiting or anything like that, um just for anyone that's listening, you gotta check them out. they're a- a- fucking incredible. but anywho ako why are we why are we reading this book? What made you choose this anthology?
1: Yeah, so I heard about Nayla Hopkins and her writing, and I just had it on the list of books I wanted to read. And I hadn't gotten to it yet. And I think I was going to read another one of her books. And then I was like, hmm, I completely th- forgot about this. This mm. um, What's it called? This short story anthology. And then I, I really like the title, Falling in Love with Hominids. Mm-hmm. Hominids are like humans and primates and not all primates. I think it's like gorillas and orangutans and some other one that's also smart and that is similar to us and i think are like ancestors like whatever are humanoid mm-hmm. ancestry and so the idea of falling in love with with hominids is both like love which is this very ethereal you know feels like mercurial thing and hominids mm-hmm. is this very human tactile thing and so you know The non-duality between those two, finding the the oneness of them, is kind of cool. So, Mm -hmm. because our you know humanness and love and animal our animalness, humanness, loveness is all the same thing. Anyway, so Mm. we forget that as humans. So I think that's interesting. I also think it's kind of like to love people, Mm -hmm. you have to accept their animalisticness right or Mm -hmm. like humans are not outside of our hominidness our social structures that we build on top of things are an extension of our animalistic traits so Mm. anyway that segues actually perfectly into my question beautiful (laughs)
0: love to see it
1: I know look at that look at that look at that growth y'all look at that you know beautiful transition come on growth (laughs) Uh, we've on, actually bro.
0: grown um so yeah right so
1: yeah we didn't just age y'all we grew right. anyway. um
2: <laughs> put out a postcard <laughs>
1: That's what you tell your ex when you're breaking up. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not you, it's not me. I didn't just age; I grew. And you know, anyway, <laughs> don't don't say that. Please don't say that. <laughs> Please don't attribute to that this podcast either.
0: It's like um, <laughs> it's like Color Pages Book Club actually recommended that I use this language as I break up with you, and then your partner's just like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Um, but also, Get a like, bunch of hate mail. If someone does do that, I'll, maybe update us on it. Yeah, no, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. But if you do. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do it anyway. Right. <laughs> These color pages at gmail.com. <laughs> so, Let us know. just like a healthy suggestion there. But anyway, Brent, your your beautiful segue.
1: Yes, yes. So, so speaking of loving hominids loving us. In a cuz we, you know, we preach a lot about love and connection and how this reality right now feels very disconnected with each other. In ourselves because of late-stage capitalism Mm -hmm. and the history of colonialism, racism, homophobia, and sexism Mm -hmm. that is ever-present in our world and takes on various forms through the socio-geopolitics of the globe. But how do we connect with humans? Or how do you connect with humans? Mm. And when do you feel the most... Disconnected from humans. So maybe we'll switch that. When do you feel the most disconnected from humans? And then how do you connect with them if you do?
0: Mm. Love that question. So when do I feel the most disconnected? Um, I would say, I mean, on, on, on like a literal note, find that if I'm spending A lot of time, like, inside or just, like, really to myself, like, being in a very cerebral space, I feel like that can sometimes lend itself to feeling disconnected. Some of that actually also Mm. depends, though, because, like, if I'm, like, in a somewhat more spiritual headspace and I'm thinking about, like spirituality and the universe and like the nature of it all and like you know i'm reminding myself of like i guess you know the oneness of things and yeah and that's in that case usually yeah like, i don't necessarily feel disconnected but if i'm just kind of like i don't know i'm thinking about like work or like whatever else you know like i feel like it can right. um, the the this physical separation can lend itself to that also i would say i tend to feel disconnected when i'm just with people where it's like are kind of just like our frameworks of how we show up in space are just really different. Or like, I can tell that like Mm. the pillars that motivate our behavior are just like not like, there's not a lot of overlap necessarily. So for instance, um, Mm i tend to think about i tend to feel like this when i'm in spaces where people are like very like obsessed with like status and power and like looking smart and looking right and like prestige and like you know just kind of these things where it's like unfortunately i mean, capitalism like you know we we um i find myself interacting with people like that more often than i would like to um just by virtue of us working in the same or similar organizations just being in like the same like you know career space all that stuff right so i feel like in in, in spaces like that i tend to feel really disconnected because i just feel like and it, it, it's like this weird thing where i'm just like am i the only one that thinks this is all bullshit am i the only one that's like this literally doesn't matter or like or like because I, I feel like other people are saying that but like they're still playing the game quote unquote you know mm. so like this is weird um so yeah, so i would say generally when i'm in a space of work um if it's a space like that then yeah i can feel pretty disconnected um as far as the sense of connection i feel like i tend to feel really connected when i'm like Definitely in spaces where we're like doing some kind of artistic or creative endeavor. Um, I've, you know, I literally just I'm so repetitive. But yeah, dance is that girl. You know, we love her. We love love dance over here. Um, and so I feel like when I'm in spaces where it's like we're dancing, like it's like be at a class or like a community space or what have you. And the onus is or the focus isn't necessarily on like competition or trying to prove anything. I feel like it, it lends itself to really mm. connecting in a way that like trend I mean transcends language. Um it's funny. I, I actually have a friend here that I made recently who like I, I just find the way that she shows up in space actually really inspiring and I like I I, I really want to like emulate some of her energy more in that like i, I I'll, I'll tell i'll literally give y'all a story from literally 24 hours ago so me and this friend i'm gonna name her let's see what should i name her cookie i'll name her what's up? cookie cookie oh, oh i love that okay so me and cookie were like hanging out getting food we were we like went to like a pizza shop right so i'm like okay cool we like ordered a pizza we're gonna get it for pickup after that i'm just gonna head home whoop so we show up And we get there, and, like, so there's, like, three employees, like, working at the pizza spot. And I don't know what they were listening to, but it was a song that all of them were just, like, dancing, vibing, like, literally just, like, having a good-ass time. There's, like, one miscellaneous person eating their pizza, like, silently in the corner, but, like, everyone else in this establishment is, like, (laughs) hyped. And like, so usually in a space like that, I'd be like, oh, we lit, it's cute, okay, cool. Like, I would like, I would silently, like, more silently observe that. But my friend Cookie was like, literally jumped in, was like, hey, what's up, what's good? Like, literally just high energy met them. And then they're like, high, we're, like we're just like hyping each other up. Then like, she starts dancing, I start dancing. They were already dancing, so they just continue doing what they're already doing. And then all of a <laughs> sudden, we're all just like, dancing in this pizza shop, like, hey, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, this is very like lit and not something I would typically do on my own accord like if I just entered this shop on my own I'd be like oh this is like I love this but I wouldn't have like initiated a moment but like Cookie always be doing that like if we go out she just like talks to people she's very affable like she just there's no like like I feel like sometimes I can get in my head about, like, oh, like, if I say this, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, doing too much or whatever. But, like, she don't give a damn. And I'm just, like, this is... And it's so funny because my older brother is actually very similar. Like, he'll just, like, talk to any and everybody to the, to a point where it can actually get kind of annoying. But, like, generally speaking, it's actually a really endearing quality because it just, like, it, it, it lends itself to, like, a like I I would imagine like a very high sense of connection with people where it's just like, okay, like even if it's not like I'm building these lasting relationships with people, it's like, I'm having moments that break down the like silos that divide us in these, in these different ways. Right. And so I find that when I'm in a more creative space or like in a more artistic space or I, or I've been doing a, a certain artistic practice more regularly, I find it's easier for me to tap into that. Cause I would say generally speaking, I'm a pretty affable, you know, social person. Right. But like, I don't know. There's something about just like a kind of carefreeness or just being like, I'm going to just say or do whatever. And who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just like, we'll like, we'll just see what happens next. And I don't know. I just, I, I, I find that um, moments like that tend to to really create a sense of connection for me. So,
2: hmm. so
0: yeah. But, um. but otherwise, you know, when I'm with my people, with my brands, like people that like get me, I get them. Like, we're just like, I don't know. I'm a very playful type of bitch, honestly. Like I'm really I, I try not to take I myself never too seriously. suspected yeah. <laughs> uh. Right. So like for me, I just I don't know, I try not to take myself too seriously. So people who can like vibe with that, basically TLDR, other people that like can tap into that sense of play, generally speaking it tends to mm-hmm. it tends to work out. Um so, yeah, because I feel like that's like, I don't know, I feel like that's an undercurrent that like regardless of like how important we think of ourselves, I feel like a lot of us or at least, the, you know, I would like to think that for, for most of us, at least play is something that like, I don't know, we on some level desire or like, you know, is something that we can all benefit yeah, from regardless think... of how old we are and things like that. So,
1: yeah, I think yeah. you've tapped up and tapped, tapped into something. Not yeah. tapped in. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes some, sorry, sometimes a phrase tapped into something can sound very like, I don't know, like, ooh, tell me more. <laughs> anyway, right. But, um, but yeah. what uh
0: about
1: I you, agree with you that what about me? That's a good question. I was gonna talk about you some more as a way to apply oh, okay.
0: myself again. Uh, that's cool. I mean listen, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I was going to say that, yeah, I, I would, I, I also co-sign that you are an affable and gregarious person. And I actually, you, I do think you do very more subtly do that same, like match the energy of the
0: room. Mm.
1: I agree that perhaps you would not uh, of your own accord have just started dancing. Although I have seen you do exactly that. Um yeah. but um (laughs) (laughs) i think (laughs) i think your way of approaching it is like everyone kind of knows that you're you're in it for the game too you just may not be reacting as strongly as someone else but you're not opposed to it and in fact Mm. are like in in the mix i think you just if different instruments are being played you're playing a a different instrument if you Mm. will um beautiful metaphor sometimes we all got to be on the saxophone that's
0: that listen no, and yesterday we were literally all on the saxophone. And I literally remember mid dancing, I was thinking, I was like, what is the person eating pizza like with their headphones and thinking about all this right now? Like, you know, like what? <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck is going Like, what is happening? <laughs>
1: but sometimes that's the vibe. Like sometimes part of the orchestra is three people dancing and one person eating a pizza.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Just generally unbothers. Like
1: <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Oh, and that uh, pizza was good too. So I was like, I feel like the good vibes like helped extra season the pizza. Helped oh, my the food. God. Oh that's shit was banging that shit was so good (laughs) so Um, yeah
1: i remember actually when i came to visit you in that city that you may or may not live in there's speaking of that (laughs) black owned that tea shop uh what is it called it's a black owned tea
0: (gasps) oh um tea the one that may or may not have been in brooklyn that one yes the one that may
1: or may not be in brooklyn is it called brooklyn tea it
0: is it is called brooklyn tea (laughs) yes
1: okay well anyway so i was i remember because you were working and i like went to get us tea or something and i went in and everyone was just vibing like Mm -hmm. there was like a whole community convo happening and like there were books on the shelf. People were just talking, like hanging out, mm-hmm. like the guy in the back counter was explaining to the teas to me. They're having a whole socio political discussion. It was like various age groups. Like everyone mm-hmm. got a turn. Like there's a little girl there. She was like eleven. She was like, I've got points. And everyone's like, All right, little sis, what's up? And then she right. gave her points and everyone listened. Everyone <laughs> respectfully listened to her points. Like right. you know, I just and like I came in, I was like, I don't really have anything to say, but I, I kinda of went vibe for a while. I like grabbed a book, sat there for a second, I was like agreeing, like nodding my head and it, like mm-hmm. I was not seem bothered. And I just, I fe- I did feel very connected. And then I walked back with the teas in my hand. It was a very nice day, like a little rainy, yeah. a little drizzly. You know, there's a man like and this kid outside, they're like looking at a tree and he was explaining the trees to her. I mm-hmm. guess for me, what I'm saying in this metaphor, this long story is that I think I feel connected when I feel, I don't need to be participating. I just want to feel like I feel you. We're vibing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you know, and and like same thing. Like I really like talking to people. I I don't drive. I take public transit, but then sometimes I take like Lyft or whatever ride sharing. Mm-hmm. I like I like talking to the person I'm ride sharing with, and I've learned a lot about people from That's just real. talking to them. I remember one time it was this guy. He was from Eastern Europe. I was in Jersey at the time. And I was supposed to go up to, back to New York. And I just wanted him to drive me from my sister's place to the train station. Mm-hmm. But we were talking for a while. And he was like, do you want me just driving to New York? <laughs> he was like, I was like, I was getting on the train. He was like, why? And so we just drove up to New York. We had a whole hour-long conversation. He dropped me off. It was whatever. I just, I guess i I feel like, I feel connected to people when there's a space and opportunity mm. for us to kind of drop our... Our anxieties and mm-hmm. like really, you know, flow with each other's humanity, right? Yeah. Like a little dance. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it doesn't have to be forever. Like, <laughs> you know, there's still rules and precautions. Like, you know, like, but I think you can really get that opportunity if you ask people and if you're really, actually, I learned this from you. You ask great questions. So Thank I you. started asking people better questions and I think you get a better, you know, people want to (laughs) talk and you learn some stuff so that's that's how i feel connected i guess i kind of went a little backwards how do i feel disconnected um every other time (laughs) 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 like you know like working what's it called the alienation from labor oh speak on it. you know like yeah i think yeah anytime i'm in a situation and actually i i like competition like i like a good because i think you can connect with people in competition too i think i agree have a very you know, like rough and tumble energy to it. But I think you can really, if everyone's like really into it and passionate about the, the whatever the competition is mm-hmm. and it's not, but that's separate from doing it for like status. You know, I, you know, I love mm-hmm. things that, I get it, you know, I get competitions and stakes. I like stakes. But if we're really into it to be into it, that's one thing. Another thing is like when you're into it for status or you're, in, you know, like, that's the one I don't really mm-hmm. care for as much. But like, I, I, I I think like alienation of labor when I'm working and it's this sort of like cutthroat by any means possible, like squash little guy, like take all the advantages, like cruel, like all those things that you have to like disassociate from yourself. I guess Mm -hmm. that's what it is. I feel the most disconnected with people when I have to disconnect with myself and when Mm -hmm. other people are disconnected from themselves yeah because like what are we how are you're right how are we gonna flow how are we gonna vibe (laughs) right (laughs) not me saying vibe how are we gonna um whatever there you go anyway
0: no especially i i i completely agree like there's nothing worse than like yeah just like it's like a competitive environment that's just competitive to be competitive and it's like am i even like i'm not that invested in this like why is this like the infrastructure um yeah but i will say i do i to your point i do love a good rivalry there are a couple of people who have developed like healthy rivalries with um in the recent past and i'm like this is fun i i, I can yeah. i can do a fun like healthy little like this is like low stakes like kind of rivalry moment like i can definitely do that but like yeah when it's or difficult. even
1: a sport like oh you mm. know team competitions like when it's really about the game like i think there is because that's why you like notice like a lot of athletes Will stand up for other athletes when something happens because they're mm-hmm. like, it's not the game, yo. Like, it's not about your little weird circus of capital. Yeah, <laughs> it's about the love of the sport. Like, I think there are people who truly love or like whatever. choose a different competition. What's the one where people eat food and you got? There's all these techniques for eating food, like competitive know, eating.
0: Like, or no, that's not. Yeah, what it's, is that
1: what it's called? Like, eating co- eating competitions or yeah, something. Yeah, or like. You know, knitting competitions, whatever, like you know, b- bowling, well, I guess bowling's a sport, I don't know, whatever you guys understand what I'm saying, but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know i i I do think it's hard though, because like our that thing that disconnects you from human is also human behavior, so right. it's hard because I have to accept that that's also part of humanity, but yeah. that's a tough pill for me to swallow. I'm not gonna lie to you,
0: that's real yeah Mm. all right no it's just yeah because i i similarly am just like if i feel disconnected i could be doing something different it's like but also maybe not you (laughs) know maybe this just isn't your space um but also
1: that's the thing right but like that feeling of disconnection is also human right and like that being there this is the part i hate because i would like to be joyous all the time (laughs) but Mm -hmm. being there in that disconnect with people who you don't get along with or don't Mm -hmm. have the same basic pillars of is also part of the human societal structure like not society like the human existence Mm -hmm. i just hate it (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so that's a tough but i think maybe learning not that you don't have to love something for it to be part of your existence, to accept it as part of your existence, right? Like, yeah, you know, coffee isn't good because it's sweet. Life isn't good because it's always happy. Mm.
0: <sighs> you or something you no. body in the metaphors today, friend? Like, I mean,
1: Ooh,
0: first place gold medal for metaphors. I'm just gonna just gonna hand that over to you because I that was good.
1: oh wow oh, okay well i don't know i'm mean, gonna like, take the little <laughs> that validation with me. <laughs> take that into the next section of this
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh not God. me being delighted oh love that <laughs> okay well y'all we're gonna take a quick break and um yeah we'll get back and talk about some stories Woo! Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, so right off the top because it's a summer shorts episode i've already made a mistake <laughs> and the <laughs> author's name is definitely analo <laughs> hopkinson so my bad um here we are already fuddy-duddy Just... being around
0: this summer but listen sun's out we vibed right. we continue we vibed.
1: <laughs> so okay so as you may or may not know when we do summer shorts and it's an anthology which this is typically our mode apparata is uh we do one story together me and marcy and then each of us choose one from the anthology and then we tell it to each other as kind mm. of like a, ooh, there was more to this ooh, you know and then also that you the listener gets to hear more so for this one, the one we read together was called The Smile on the Face. Uh-huh. So the story starts off with our main character, her name's is Gilla, and she's reading a story about Margaret of Antioch. And, you know, just with a story within a story, we will just explain real fast, about a woman that declines a marriage proposal, and this guy puts her in jail for not accepting the marriage proposal and then turns into a dragon and tries to eat her. But then he does eat her and she has like a cross around her neck and it turns into a tree and um, kills him and, and saves her life. So you probably have a lot of questions. How did Margaret of Antioch end up in this, you know, in the, what's it called, proximity to a man who shapeshifts into a dragon? But look, mm-hmm. those are questions for a different day. Correct. Or maybe your own book club, all right? Write in your journal. Right. You. <laughs> Y'all can read. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I really took about time with that one. Anyway, Fred, you got it.
1: So then, so Gilla's mother is also like, yeah, y'all could read in your own book club. I, in fact, happen to be a professor of Middle Eastern and African studies. And so I know the story of Margaret of Antioch. And she was saying about, in her mind, she like wonders if. She was like, you know, crosses and Christian theology doesn't include, uh, you know, crosses turning into trees. In fact, that's Mm. like an older pagan, you know, religious tradition. And she's like, when I think of the story, I wonder if, in fact, her prayers had failed her. And so she turned to an older type of magic uh, that she embodied within herself. And I was Mm. like, well, that's a really interesting Take the professor who also had dreadlocks and who was also very invested in Gila, you know, ha- reading and studying and becoming the best version of herself. And Gila's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Something about I'm a teenager. I'm about to go to a party. I not care about this. I care about looking <sighs> cute. She said, "I had to read this book before I could go." I
0: just really <laughs> I felt like Gila's f- mama in that moment because I was like, I actually would love to do a deeper dive there. And Gila's like, I don't care um so we're actually completely (laughs) switching like what we're doing next (laughs) but it actually makes sense
1: because we're probably closer to gila's mom's age at this point than we are to gila
0: that's true but
1: anyway so gila's like pushing us out of the story she's like by the way mom (laughs) i was gonna ask you my parental unit if i could get micro braids because i want them and they're not that expensive and maybe you could pay for them and everyone else has them and you can get them whatever color you want and her mom's like how often do you have to get these braids? She's like, every six weeks. And she's like, what's wrong with your natural hair? And she's like, I just want maybe something that lies a little flatter, you know? Mm. And so there's obviously, you know, some internalized feelings here about, you know, standards of beauty. So Mm. her mom's like, look, if you want the micro braids, you save up for it. You can pay for it. She's like, uh, fine, but also, like, a little elated inside. Mm-hmm. So she links up with her friend, Cashy, and Cashy is, like, thin and popular and perhaps meets the standards of beauty a little bit more. But you know what the real thing here is? Is Gila has just started going through puberty and, like,
0: mm-hmm. a good
1: poor portion of people get a little thicker, if not more thicker, during puberty. Mm-hmm. And as time progresses, right, you stop looking like a kid and start looking like an adult. <laughs> yeah. But that's a really stressful process especially in american society where being thicker is frowned upon and where honestly looking like a woman is actually frowned upon (laughs) just being a woman is actually just frowned upon in the united states (laughs) probably all over the world which is very strange but we can get into that later Mm -hmm. so she's like or so like uh Akashi is like thinner and more model-esque and um yeah so she's like you know there's 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 she has a sense of jealousy or embarrassment anyway Mm -hmm. oh but while they're talking while she's talking to her mom earlier her mom talks about these um witches who used to just be trees like she was like yeah there are male witches who like study trees and could go into trees mm-hmm. but the women witches were just they were just people who were also trees and Gilla mm. was like weird and akka and marcy were like fascinating
0: right say more Gilla's mama. <laughs> like i'm right. actually really actually, curious
1: <laughs> actually akka and marcy just like stayed in the living room continued to drink tea as Gilla went to this party right so <laughs> So Gil and Cassie are talking and and Gil's basically like, Ugh, ever since I've gotten more like puberty's like happened to me more I can like hear the tree outside talking. And Cassie's like, Now that don't make any (laughs) Right. <laughs> this was a realistic short story until this point right here.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, she's like, I'm trying to do your makeup. We're trying to go to a party. We talk about trees talking to you. What are they saying? And she's like, I don't know. We're talking about how the the tree really enjoys you know worms crawling around in its roots it's talking about parts it wants us to itch but it can't reach and Kakashi's like this is weird dude <laughs> like this story weird and killa's like look did i say it was normal no i didn't say it was normal i just told you what i heard i just mm. told you you think i'm having fun having weird stuff happen to me and Kakashi's like look all i know is to get from your house to the street we gotta cross this cherry tree so right. you guys should make amends make good do what you <laughs> <laughs> An armistice, whatever you got to do, so we can get to the street, so we can get our bikes, so we can go to the party. So, gilda while she's crossing the street, she's like, "Ha ha, I escaped!" And you know, all of a sudden, she has like a thunk on the back of her head, and there's like a cherry in her in her hand, and she's like, "Ha ha, tree! You thought you could get me?" And everyone's like, "I do not know how this story starts so so adversarial." <laughs> <But> okay, <laughs> and she's like, "You think you're gonna get me? I'm gonna get you!" And she eats the cherry. Mm-hmm. And at that point, her friend Foster shows up, and he's like, hey, everybody, and like hits her on the back, and she f- f- swallows the cherry pit. And Foster is like their friend. He, he's been their friends with their kids, but I guess things are getting more romantic as puberty is his, whatever, yeah. I don't know. So they get on <laughs> their bikes and, and head towards the party, and it's really funny because Cassie is like much more of a girlies girl, and she's like, I don't, oh, she's also wearing a skirt. She's like, I don't, first of all, I just want to point out guys that it's very hard to ride a bike with a skirt. It's mm. uh, that's short. I've done it before and it is quite difficult. And then uh, mm. Gill is wearing wedges and it's also hard, but you can do it girls. <laughs> we all <laughs> learn how to do it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> yeah. When you, at some point part of the puberty process is learning how to ride a bike in heels. Okay. Anyway. So mm. also learning to run in them too. Mm-hmm. And always remembering to bring a pair of flats because your heels are too high and they will always hurt. Okay. Anyway. So yeah. you get <laughs> to the party, they get to the party and patricia is the girl hosting the party we end up liking patricia at the end but it's all this like high school shenanigans you know mm-hmm. people are dancing and drinking punch and yada yada you know mm-hmm. it's very hominids you know it's very like high school as <laughs> a very metaphor for <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> animalistic tendencies like mm. think mean girl anyway so um, yeah, Gil is kind of struggling because, like, she's feeling a little out of place. She's like trying to be cool. You know, she's still trying to be in her body. She's having a hard time mm-hmm. with it. And then there's this guy, Roger, who's like oh. irrelevant. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what his deal is okay well actually i have a more complex idea about roger but we'll get into it. so he's being a complete jerk he and gilla make eye contact at one point in the party and he just starts to make it up these rumors about her and her like whatever what she and him have done in a sexual fashion which clearly hasn't happened because gilla didn't know what happened so if she didn't know what happened it couldn't have happened to roger right anyway so clarissa who's roger's friend the quotation marks, but yeah. probably just as attracted to him. Probably. Yeah. She starts being like, Gilla, like you Slept with all these dudes. We all heard the rumors that Roger made up five seconds ago. Wendy, we (laughs) were all there hearing him make them up. So I don't know why I would just believe them, but I clearly have alternative motives here, which is to make (laughs) myself feel more powerful and beautiful at your expense. And she's like, you know, maybe if you were thinner, she's like, you're pretty, but if you were thinner, you know, you'd be thinner, and that would give you more social clout, and you wouldn't have to do all this sexual stuff and you're like what is wrong clarissa what is going on why are we doing yeah, this there are let's unpack that clarissa so many other ways to be Gilla could have had all those sexual behaviors with all those boys if she wanted to and it would change literally nothing about her status or who she is as a person it might have been a really enjoyable experience for her but more importantly none of it <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> right so there's also that anyway th- throughout all this Gilla is like feeling kind of out of place because she's hearing this narrative basically this like ancient narrative that is most likely connected to the cherry tree (laughs) it's like you know like giving her wisdom or whatever so she's like this is weird i don't know about all this Mm. anyway and she just goes outside to really just like hang out and like get a moment away because that's actually really traumatic having this girl say this stuff to you Mm and she and Foster's out there and Foster's like talking to this girl that he likes I guess kind of but Foster's like yo you seem like you're really upset what's up and she's like I don't know Roger's being a man and then Clarissa's Mm -hmm. being Clarissa and (laughs) do you think I'm ugly (laughs) he's like now I think you look, well, mostly he just gives her a hug, which I actually thought was really sweet. He was just like, you look upset. You look confused. Here's a hug. They have a long, warm hug with each other. And she's like, ah, oh, this feels better. And then they have like a heart to heart about attraction and their standards of beauty and what they're attracted to versus what society sort of dictates is the social norm. Mm. And it's actually getting kind of deep until Roger shows up again, because I guess he's, I don't know, bored or something with his henchmen who I guess are there because the plot demanded it. And they're like, bleh, bleh, you guys having a true intimate connection. I hate that. And maybe this is because Roger kind of wants Gilla and is upset that he, she has a closer relationship to this other male who he sees as competition. Mm-hmm. But he starts using homophobic slurs and fat phobic language. And then Foster kind of handles it. He's kind of like, "Yeah, none of us believe you. Like, none of us kind of believe the smoke that you're, whatever. No right. one's, no one's really buying it." And Roger's like, "I'm gonna fight you." And Foster's like, "I mean, keep trying." Like, and then everyone's like, "Oh, Foster, you totally Burn. took him down." And. Then, <laughs> And yeah. then he's like, anyway, see you around Gilead. So he leaves with them because reason. Like, Roger's like, oh, you got me, man. And you're like, okay, I guess.
0: <laughs> it was <laughs> guess weird. Okay, can we, a quick pause. I was like, yeah. when I was reading that section, I was like, okay, are Foster and Roger friends? Or did, was this just a moment where it was like, oh, okay, I gotta admit, like, okay, like, that, that, that was a good one type?
1: Here's what I think, and Marcy, correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think, putting myself back in their shoes, that Foster is understands how social games are played even though he doesn't really care for them as much whereas Roger really has internalized the toxic masculine thing Mm. as the reality so Foster is de-escalating the situation through humor and standing his ground and kind of like poking holes and I think a lot of men actually interact with the world and masculinity this way Where it's like, I understand the masculine game I'm supposed to be playing. I understand what you're doing. I don't entirely buy it because (laughs) I've also been socialized in it. Mm. And it's like, Gil is here. She's clearly like a little upset and this is like a very protective thing i can do if i just like play into this masculinity thing and then we just go over here i don't think he's particularly fond of roger i don't think he hates roger i don't Mm. think he's particularly fond of him and i also think to me this reads as a very poc interaction i have but maybe i'm wrong but but so anyway that's what i when i say poc maybe i just actually mean black person but i i what do you think i'm genuinely asking
0: yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense okay i was so that that all tracks i think um where i kind of got confused is that like when they after the whole like oh man you got me like lol like they like went off together was my understanding like they were like i don't know smoked or whatever and like foster was like hanging out with them so i was kind of like oh are y'all like it gave like maybe they're not like super close but they're like i don't know maybe they were like friends that they were younger or there was something that was like kind of tying I got that the two sense too. but like yeah. this wasn't like an active friendship that at the very least Foster was feeling the need to like be like oh no Roger's like my homeboy like I don't think he would ever say that but he's like oh Roger's here I will like kiki for a second kind of well yeah. then
1: also didn't didn't they point out that he gets made fun of for hanging out with Gilla and Cash yeah. because he's a boy so I think there is some performative stuff he has to do he feels he needs to do to like not get the smoke because you know a lot of high school is trying to just avoid being the person being bullied yeah it's
0: real yeah you know yeah so it's
1: like do i like these guys no am i gonna because am i gonna have a great time talking to them over there no but like is this gonna make my life easier yes and like, does it get these three away from Gilla, who they clearly disinsulted? Yes, you know, like I don't know. Mm. So that's that's what I got out of it. We don't love Roger, so it's not like you know. So they all return inside and start playing this game. Postman,
0: did you ever
1: play Postman? Hell, I've never, no.
0: I have. I've never, never even heard, heard of this shit.
1: Game. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there like. <laughs> i I really had like a moment where i was like did i go to high school like i never understand what (laughs) we i mean we used to
0: okay i never played it but i remember like a game like seven minutes of heaven like that was a thing like where they'd be like oh like these two people get in this closet and like whatever happens for the next seven minutes and i'm like oh i don't know if y'all played that at all growing up but like i know that was like a thing
1: i thought okay i have a question for you did yes did, did you actually were you ever in a circumstance where people were actually playing that game i remember reading about this game seven minutes like uh, uh, people are now i'm outing myself as kind of a loser in high school but i remember <laughs> reading books about people playing seven minutes in Heaven. i never actually was in a situation where everyone was playing seven minutes in heaven <laughs> yeah. like pe- Am I, I wrong? Were you? Yeah,
0: no, I, I. That tracks. I. So there was actually a very. <laughs> this is like so <laughs> silly. I remember in middle school there was a situation where um I got invited to a party by proxy of my twin brother. Um, the person who was holding the party clearly was like, oh, I guess if I invite marcy's brother like i should invite marcy as well um so i got invited um but neither of us ended up going to the party myself or my brother but like the following week it was like the talk of the town like everyone was like oh my god like it was so wild like bro that party like holy shit like it was like all the like middle school cliches like seven minutes of heaven like i I think there was like some drinking a little bit at the party like i don't know it was like very like scandalous and everyone was like i mean about last night like if you were not there and i'm like bro you we're like 12 <laughs> i'm like should we no I, it sounds like no one should have been there actually um i'm literally a child recommending that us other children do not participate in this bullshit but like that was the only situation where it was like i was like everyone's like marcy you weren't even at the party i'm like yeah. but i could have been at the party right <laughs> that's the closest like, i ever I... got to a seven minutes of heaven scenario i will say there were situations where we do like truth or dare I think I was in a party where we played like spin the bottle, but even that was like very like innocuous. Like it was like, oh, like kiss this person. It's like, but it's like a peck on the cheek. Everyone's like losing their minds. I'm like, is it that deep? You know, I don't know. You
1: see, I, so what I was going to say is in high school, I think, I, not I think, cosigned, that stuff happened. It never happened in like a formulated, you know, like, postman like seven a minute he, minutes in heaven scenario yeah. right like that mm. that's what i mean anyway yeah so but other people are probably like man we are playing postman all the time all we ever did was deliver mail and i'm right we would just deliver mail constantly and i'm
0: like oh my god no i'm like not the usps like eek right not the fedex okay um anyway they're
1: playing post and also they're i think this is in canada so maybe we just don't know everything that happens up in canada Um, also
0: real quick i think another part that to your point was so strange about this whole occurrence is that it was like a party-wide like record scratch all of us will now be participating in this you know what (laughs) i mean like i was like damn everybody everybody at the party like god damn like we're gonna play (laughs) postman." right like you cannot do anything else everyone must it's it's like opt-out situation it is assumed you will be playing unless you're specifically request not to <laughs> <laughs> out of control out of control and
1: maybe right but anyway so so the, like the <laughs> game which was we just learned ourselves was yes. that like i guess somebody like is the conduit for telling people and then you get a a postman delivery, and then you go into a random closet. Which this also connotates that you know you're at a party with multiple closets, <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> whatever.
1: Anyway, but um, <laughs> either people just post it up <laughs> in different closets, and mm-hmm. then you get a delivery. and You're supposed to just join them in whatever closet they're in for an un an unquantified amount of time to do things, preferably of a sexual nature. Yeah. Anyway, so Gilla gets a delivery, and she's like, me? A delivery from who? Who could it possibly have been a delivery from? And mm-hmm. then Clarissa is there, and she's like, "Just come with me. And they're just like, when did you guys set this up? Like, I we were just outside. Like, right. how do we know who the post <laughs> person is? How do you know where everyone's located? Anyway, right. so... And I'm like, how do you take request to, to
0: a... someone that, like, I'm looking for someone right. without revealing your hiding place? You know what I mean? Like, right. I just
1: so Something somebody questions. knows who's requesting right. anyway whatever this is logistically this is a logistical nightmare this is stuff you start worrying about after 30 right. what about the logistics <laughs> right like <laughs> anyway so she goes into the room okay i'm gonna give a bit of a trigger warning here because the next scene it it, it it goes a little magical realism but the actuality situation is sexual assaulty so yeah yeah so that's a that's the warning there she goes into the room Patricia, who's the host of the show, is over here making out with some guy named Heyman. Do we know who Heyman is? We do not. We but have they're having no a good No idea. No idea. But Patricia, like, stops halfway through to give, like, instructions for this RPG. And she's like, You see her, like. <laughs> <laughs> script scrolling at the bottom she's like okay well there's there you just go into that closet over there first of all here and then she's like who's in the closet she's like isn't that the fun part to find out and you're like is it patricia is it fun and so she's like call me if you need anything and just like prissy used to like again like kind of like how when you click out of an rpg the person just goes back to doing what they were doing she's no. like goes back to yeah <laughs> him. But if
0: you talk to her again, she'd like repeat the dialogue and you're like, bro, like (laughs) this is so, this is such a weird experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so she goes into the closet and surprise, surprise, it's a Roger in there. And you're like, Roger, you just insulted you, Roger, which is actually not surprising because... Because it's not surprising. Anyway, so he tries to whatever, and he says some really disparaging things. Like, he's like, come on, why are you saying no? Like, a girl like you is never going to get play any other way than this. And you're like, mm-hmm. whoa, which I have a yeah. lot of thoughts about. So I'm going to pin it for now, though, because I do think there's like a socio political conversation to be had there. Mm-hmm. But Regilla is like struggling to get out. And then finally, it's almost like that cherry whatever she ate. Uh, and then like the memories of the narrative from the past it's like really cool there's like a part where like the tree is like because she like kind of is internalizing it she's like yeah i'm like heavier in size my hair Mm -hmm. is kinky and then like the older voice is like yeah but your thighs like hold up the tree like don't you want a tree why can't a tree have a trunk like what kind of tree Mm -hmm. doesn't have a trunk and it's like you know like all this positive like nature-based affirmation and then she was like wait a second like foster is my friend he says i'm huggable like Cassie earlier had been like i really wish i had an ass like yours like she was like i have friends i have people who love me i'm a Mm. lovable beloved person And then she turns into a dragon and (laughs) pushes Roger off of her. I guess she may or may not have turned into a dragon. I guess it's magical realism, so you guys decide. But Roger's Mm -hmm. freaking out. Roger also saw a dragon. Aka and Marcy, who aren't there because they're still drinking tea with her mom, can (laughs) co-sign that you know she turned into a dragon. She runs out of the closet. Patricia's like, "Whoa, what's happening in here?" And he, she's like, about to fight Roger. She, he's, she's like, "What did you do?" What? Although, like, I think at this point it's a little odd to be angry about this game because the setup itself just like invites danger. But whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but then maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're supposed. Maybe there's a way for this to not invite danger. And Roger broke the rules and was dangerous about it. And -hmm. so then everyone's like, "What's going on? What's going on?" They run in and then. Gilla just spills the beans. She's like, Roger who says I'm ugly and fat asked me to come into this room because he clearly likes me even though he made it seem like I'm disgusting and disparaging and then he assaulted me. And everyone's like, "Whoa! Whoa! Whoa! whoa. Everyone's yeah. very upset, which I kind of loved. Jeff, who, who we don't know who Jeff is, but he's somebody's Jeff? boyfriend, was like, yeah, he was like, ew, man, that's disgusting. And you're like, okay, even even <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> wait,
0: wait was, it, wait, was there a character named Jeff in the story? Yes, there was a character wait. named <laughs> Jeff in there. just like too long. Well, I literally forgot. I was like, who? Huh? I thought I was
1: kidding. Oh my god! A, that. he was someone's boyfriend? They, it was an off. It was a side plot that had nothing to do with anything. Anyway, but um, and then Foster shows up. And he's like really man. He's like gonna beat him up. And then Clarissa comes in and is like, I don't believe you. It's like everybody else in the room is in consensus about this. But Clarissa, who wasn't there, shows up and decides, like...
0: (laughs) She is the authority (laughs) of what took place. Right. Goofy.
1: So anyway, she tries to do some more slut-shamey things. And no one's really having it. And everyone's like, Clarissa, can you just go? Like, do you need to... Can just go get some punch? And then... Mm because Roger's like who would be with you anyway and Foster's like I would you know I, th- me I my, my name is Foster and then I don't know they hug and make out and um that's the end of the story so Foster yeah. and
0: Gilla hug and make out not Foster and Roger Yes sorry
1: not out. Roger <laughs> That would have been quite the twist Could yeah. you
0: imagine I'd be like wow That'd I, I've, I truly yeah anyway, so yeah.
1: but um also if you jumped out with sexual assault you can jump back in now because it's over so yeah yeah but um i wanted to touch based on a couple of things in the story the story mm-hmm. is pretty yeah, i don't love ya but i actually did kind of like this story mm-hmm. for about and then there are some parts where i was like all right you know like, <laughs> this is a little yeah. like again this is like a little formulaic but what mm-hmm. i do love about this story is that i think it's i think first of all it it reminded me a little bit about of the book bird just the part where she's transforming into a creature and something Mm -hmm. older than herself Mm. to root in her power and that coming from an older tradition and then i loved oh and then also we didn't say this but she also spits out the cherry Mm -hmm. bud like cherry pit at the end of the the book but i i love this sort of um plant vegetation aspect of uh, as a place to pull your femininity from or your pool mm. yeah your femininity from outside of you know social constructs of femininity which mm-hmm. felt very much like um what was it a woman speaks mm-hmm. with audrey lord we're yeah. talking about uranus and the watery ethereal uranus enus as like mm-hmm. a basis of of femininity. And I think mm-hmm. I like that because the becoming for a woman in American society, at least, which I guess is the only way I can speak to, um, is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of degradation of, of the female form. There's a lot of emphasis on thinness, um, and, and model esque ness and flattening mm-hmm. and sexuality as you're worth being pleasing to a man, right? And there is a lot Mm -hmm. of that sort of shame, like who would want you? Or like your value is based on male Mm -hmm. attention and approval, even when it comes to other women, right? And um, I like this idea of falling in love with hominids, falling in love with people and redefining people outside of these kind of limiting structures into one that suits us more, which is that we're a part of nature. Like your body is just your body. Like your hips coming in, just your hips. Your your, mm. your boobs coming in, just your boobs. Like that's not something to be. That's not something that society should make you feel like is not the right way to be in your body. Right. Like so, I really liked that, and, and that that focus on like a trunk holds up a tree. <laughs> your yeah. thighs are thick. But she also does volleyball. She was saying she does volleyball. She swims. Like that same stuff that lets her do that is the same, you know, fat in her muscles, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, that same, those are the same things. Like when she says she's like punching Roger, she's like, I breathed in really deep. Like I held my, my core tight and I put like all that strength and muscle. Like that's Mm -hmm. also femininity. Like to be able to be and take up space and have, Anyway, so my whole point is, I liked that aspect mm-hmm. of the story. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I I love that friend, and I, I I definitely echo a lot of that. I I feel like the the role of the tree was just very interesting to me, and I and I loved sort of the. First of all, I I just thought I was like kiki in at the fact that like I'm like not this cherry tree outside of Gila's house being like honestly more of a main character than like half the cast. (laughs) Like I literally was like we've seen this tree once um, and yet like literally has speaking lines is like really like just played a huge role in the story. Um, Right. So I thought that was fun. Um, I definitely. Yeah, like it it was really interesting because I feel like this with the party scene, it was interesting because like at some points I was like this feels like kind of like a stereotypical depiction of like what a like high school party would be like. But then at the same time, to your point, I think there was a lot of, it did kind of bring me back in some ways. I'm just like, God damn. Like just, yeah. Oh God, high school. There's so much like self policing and policing other yep. people. And like, just so much like weird like, even like especially when you, um, I mean, there's like so many ways of breaking this down, but like, um, you know, Roger was really like, like that whole situation with him and Foster, and this whole idea of like, okay, both clearly you're both attracted to Gila, but then it's like this idea of like, oh, like if I admit this, am I gonna get like clowned by like these other guys or like whatever? You know, like it's just like all this like the paranoia of like, like it's just yeah, it just reminded me of like the very tenuous state of like. Not assuming, of course, everyone has had this experience. Or, like this is what adolescence would be, but like for a lot of people, it is a environment of like, okay, like just by necessity, I'm just in an environment with a particular group of people that I don't really have jurisdiction over. So it's kind of like I just have to right. like right. adjust to the environment and ad- and adapt and like you said, just survive and get through it. um So it's just really interesting because while Gila is in a space where she is not as socially legible in this space, like it's like you really just see the level of insecurity and in, like just people being like i i belong but like it's predicated that i like perform something or do something i have to constantly demonstrate that like i deserve to be here like you know like right. say for instance like clarissa the main one who's over here like fat shaming and slut shaming like if she ever like you know put on weight or something like that like she would also then be subject to that same ridicule right you know mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. no one is ever it's like it's such a conditional state of like not even acceptance but just like um what's the word i'm looking for just like just the the idea of just not being the target is like okay. I guess I'm yeah. just like for for now I'm safe. Like it's like this conditional safety basically. So um yeah. So that part was really yeah. interesting. And like I don't know. I think yeah. I I think that's actually all the all the thoughts that actually come to mind. I was <laughs> like, do I have any? I was like, no. Nah, I think yeah. I think that's it. So I was gonna uh, say. Yeah.
1: I No, I think you make a good point about the, um, what's it called? Mutability of it, of your Mm -hmm. position, right? And I think there's also something that you said about, okay, like I don't like Roger and I you know i was i i don't i didn't have a great experience with um, boys or men growing up uh, mm-hmm. well okay let me preface it i had some really great experience with some boys and some men in my life i've also had very bad experiences with mm-hmm. some boys and some men in my life because i am a black female walking around in this world so mm-hmm. i f- frankly don't know if you can get around it but maybe you can um, but I so it, to this for to me and some of these instances have left me like deeply angry, you know, like mm. deeply angry. It makes me wonder and know for certain that we we do not take care of young girls in most societies, which I think a lot of people know, which is why there are organizations for it. But it's still not enough, mm. right? Well, young girls are a target of a lot of violence and a lot of silencing. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not. This is not an excusing type of conversation, but it is a conversation to say about Roger, and then old boy from the last book. What was his name? Greg or something? <laughs>
0: oh, um, Cra- Craig, Jared. God, what was his name? In Jerry, was it? G- uh, Gordon. 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 There we it go. Was
1: none of the things I said. <laughs> Um, Remember when I said like five episodes back that I have a good memory? Clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) That was a full blown lie. Uh, Anyway. um, No, very particular memory. But anyway, Mm. so what I was going to say is Roger is also a plant who grew out of this society. Mm. And I think we start need to start because we talk about violence against women And we often do not talk about the perpetrators. And I think the Mm. reason we don't talk about the perpetrators is because then we'd have to admit that there's something wrong with the soil because it's not Mm. one plant. It's a bunch of plants. And just the way Gilla is coming from the soil, so is Roger. We are all plants in this forest. So what is feeding Roger's leaves? Mm. You see what I'm saying? What is the root that is creating this type of fruit? And I yep. think we have to start asking this question because male-identified people are, and, pe- and and we all internalize this toxic masculinity as well. Mm-hmm. Are people, and we're all worthy of becoming. But if we, at a young age, are internalizing a poisonous what, plant, <laughs> I'm trying to keep mm-hmm. the metaphor going. Yeah. A poisonous uh, tree thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're growing trees that create a fruit that is awful and that grows more awful trees. So mm. but but we can control that. So like what is it that makes Roger ashamed of his attraction?
2: Mm. What is it
1: about that makes Roger angry? What what is it that makes Roger project his own insecurities onto Gillet? And Roger's not the only one. A lot of men do this and the statement mm. he says you know, you're not the type to get this. You don't think I've heard those statements? (laughs) Like it's, Mm -hmm. and it's, you're sitting there and you're like, you're trying to make your hurt my fault because you can't sit with it. But here's my question. Why are you hurting like that? And why does it need to be someone's fault? Who taught you that? Right. Because I'm fine. (laughs) I didn't like, like Gilla said, she's like, I think I'm great. She said, bitch, I'm delightful. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) You know, so, so we have to ask her that you know, where that root is coming from and where that, mm-hmm. cause clearly it's Foster knows that is, it is an expectation of some kind, right? He's bucking the expectation. Mm-hmm. And like, even you and I, we both know the expectation. We're not unfamiliar with the scene right. that played out here. Yeah. Right. I mean, we like to say that we, we are evolved, <laughs> but we're not unfamiliar <laughs> with it. Right. We were there. We were in high, mm-hmm. high school. Oh, you know, if we're being candid with ourselves, we probably had some unfavorable ideas of how society worked. Oh,
0: for sure for sure yeah for
1: sure right so and you know you get it you internalize it before you even realize what it conscious of it right
0: mm-hmm. but
1: so so what roger's like fourteen, fifteen. okay where did roger yeah. come from because he's not old enough to create it himself you know what i right. mean i just yeah. and so i think there's there's something to be said there um okay did i have any more no i already talked about people being plants i think that's my thing now about people being plants mm. okay <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back we're gonna hit you with our two short stories <laughs> you get one good transition right. <laughs> for the <some> summer short episode <laughs> not two.
0: <laughs> beautiful love that iconic see y'all in a bit and we're back Woo. okay so let's, let's get into our other short stories so for my pick i picked a story called herbal this will be rather quick because the story is, is pretty short <laughs> but basically so it actually starts off from um like i think it's to be assumed nalo's pov where basically she was talking about how like oh like you know i used to i was like in this online platform where we're doing um like I was talking to like some, you know, student writers and like other writers and things like that. And basically they were having this conversation around how do you like how do you get an audience to suspend disbelief? Like especially in a fantastical mm. setting, how do you get someone to just be in it and like not question what's going on? And then a story like occurred to her and like this is the story that <laughs> this is the story <laughs> that unfolded. Okay, boom. The setting we don't know, but the main character, her name is Jenny. Jenny lives in an apartment. The story begins with the description of an elephant being in her living room. She hears some <laughs> shit. She's like, "What the fuck?" Boom, whole ass elephant in her living room. So Jenny's like, "I don't know what to do. Um, should I hide? Should I? Re- I don't want to draw too much attention to myself because, like, the elephant. I don't know. Like, it's like." It's not like eating shit, but it's like running into shit. You know, it's like right. you know, it's like just like knocking over like drawers and shit. It's just like loud, cacophonous AF. I cannot <laughs> even ima- imagine being a neighbor in Jenny's apartment. Like, you're, like, bro, what is that? Is, is the building <laughs> falling like apart? Someone, like, banking on a broom and, like, no, like there's nothing, I can, do. There's
1: nothing <laughs> so, I can do. There's an elephant in here. Like, you literally
0: hear an elephant, like, roar or whatever the fuck. You're, like, I think we have bigger problems with, like, a noise complaint. Like, right, I'm, like, I think we need right. to call, like... The National Guard? Like I, like, I don't, what the fuck? Anyway, so basically, so Jenny's, the, na- the psychology of Jenny's neighbors we are not aware of, but I can only imagine they were screaming, crying, throwing up. Basically, Jenny's in her apartment doing the same shit. She's like, I, boom, it's an <laughs> elephant. Like, I'm a just, just, she was, like, standing on the floor, but then she decided to, like, stand on her couch. So she was like, okay, I was, like, trying to, you know, like, reduce the height differential. And I'm like, Jenny, I'm sorry, those extra, like, what, like, foot <laughs> of height, nothing. I don't think that's going to. Nothing, means nothing. This is literally nothing. That's actually not going to change the elephant psychology at all. So basically, she's like, okay, what is going on here? So obviously terrified, can't even believe this is happening. The elephant at one point like goes over to her window. There's like a plant. Like uh, to speaking of plants, there's like a plant in like a pot and like basically it like wraps his trunk around the plants, like takes it out by the root and just like starts eating it. And she's like it kinda reminded me of um Ah oh, shit, what was that? Post-traumatic. Vivian had that plant Beyonce. No, her friend had that plant named Beyonce. Yes. And like, they knocked it over and it was like Beyonce was like a like titular point of like the story. Um it was like a similar moment where Jenny was like, I know this elephant did not just eat my plant so the so elephant just loud as fuck m- just munching crunching unbothered <laughs> takes a shit in jenny's apartment so no! that's like literally the next thing it's like literally shitting out the plant it just ate so jenny's like oh absolutely you got me fucked up and honestly i'm like listen uh, jenny i i don't i, I can't point, even b- begin to pretend i would know what i would do in this situation so however you respond is actually baseline normal because who right, the fuck has been right. in this situation so basically she's like so she like so the elephant's like shit like it's still shitting on her floor in her apartment. And she like slaps his butt. She's like, No, stop. Like, what? Like, what is this? And then the elephant, like, it kind of does this like recoil situation, but it's not like angry. It's just like, it's kind of it's almost like it's like, okay, girl, you really doing all this? So basically, the elephant walks towards her balcony. I guess she like has a balcony, opens the door, which was interesting. Cause I was like, wait, so you didn't ram through that you just opened it so you could just Okay. So opens the door, Jenny like chases wait, after the, the elephant.
1: The elephant opens the door. Door with its trunk.
0: I think I remember okay. there was a description. Okay. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was just just opens the door, the the balcony door they with its trunk. They are smart. That, so. is it very true. And so basically, like it goes out into the balcony, and Jenny's like, wait, like she's like jumping over the shit that the elephant like <laughs> just like landed on her apartment, and like basically the elephant like jumps off the balcony and like flies into the horizon.
1: What?
0: And Jenny's like, whoa, like that's wild. So then she's like, I. But well, so then so she's like she like looks back at her apartment it's completely in shambles and she's like okay i guess i'll in the book and then the story is like yeah so jenny spent the next month um fixing her shit because the elephant literally <laughs> fucked everything up um she's like at her job trying to like she like told her dad about it she's like so like oh uh, yeah that was the thing she, she was like trying to like gauge how do i talk about this instance with other people so she would like hypothetically bring it up with other people and be like so you know how would you react <laughs> if it was like an elephant in your apartment And people were like jenny lmao like girl what and she's like, like right lol they're like oh jenny funny as hell she's like i actually wasn't trying to be a comedian (laughs) and then she like talked to her dad about it she was like so like high key um an elephant was like in my apartment and like i know that sounds wild and then her dad was like i actually believe you like that sounds really reasonable like i'm glad you're okay and she was like thanks and like they they just like never brought it up again the interesting thing though was that during this whole elephant encounter jenny was hyper fixated on the elephants like this the Texture of its skin, and it just looked really like crackling she was like, "Damn, this elephant needs some lotion." Like, God, leave anybody needed some Vaseline, it is this elephant. <laughs> so she like gets like a thing of lotion, and she and then the like the story basically ends with her like being her in her apartment, and like she would like take this bottle of lotion and like walk out into the balcony and just like stare off into the horizon. And it's assumed that she kind of is like wants the elephant to come back in an interesting way or maybe it's just yeah. like she's yeah she,
1: maybe she wants to give it some lotion
0: yeah there's like a yearning there so she's like she just like watches the horizon and uh you know towards like dusk with her lotion it's just like okay maybe one day the elephant will return so yeah so that's the story of jenny um we I, we I don't know what jenny does it. for a living we do yeah but that's That's what happened in the story.
1: (laughs) You know, it's very Kafka-esque, like a metamorphosis. Mm, Yeah. When he turns into like a beetle and he just wakes up that way. Like, it's very, (laughs) like, surreally absurd Mm-hmm. But like, there's so many metaphors. Like, how many times in your life has something like kind of wild happened and then you like don't know how to even explain to someone the wild thing that happened, and you just you're like, so like hypothetically, yep. if this and this happened, the first like hypothetically, this is oddly specific for a hypothetical. Right. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah, it is. <laughs> I do you understand? <laughs> you know, like, and then like what that sigh of relief when someone is like oh yeah no that's very likely you know and you're yeah. like oh thank god it kind of yeah. reminds me of like when you were in that city that we have not named yet mm-hmm. and then you have uh, the, there the, the was like that rash breakout and then i was like mm-hmm. oh everyone who lives in that like how the people who live there have that thing happen to them and i like named three other people and then you were like yeah. i guess i'm not losing my mind and i, I think there is something about like Elephant esque things happening, and then just wanting to look around and be like, "Does anyone else see the elephant in the room?"
0: <laughs> no, it literally took that phrase in the most literal <laughs> sense. It, um, no, absolutely. Like, like Jenny, I can only imagine her being like, "So hypothetically, if an elephant and like people are like oddly specific, and also the way that you're leaning in while you're anticipating my response, just seems like you're like a little too emotionally invested in what my opinion on this this situation that allegedly has nothing to do with you." I okay. <laughs> And also, to Nala's point, in the beginning, like she was like, how do you get someone to like suspend their disbelief? And I will say, reading the story, I was like, at first I was like, what? But then it was like the elephant was already there. Like, like descriptions of shit just falling right. over and shit. I'm like, right. how? what are we going to do? I'm like, what's going to happen with Jenny? Like, no part of me was like, bro, why is there an elephant <laughs> in your apartment? Like, what?
1: Right. Well, I do think magical realism isn't, like, when we say magical, part of it is the sleight of hand. You know, we never think about that part. Mm. But part of magical realism is the magic trick, which is to get us to believe. And so so to do that, you need a distraction. And I think the Mm -hmm. distraction is the attention to detail right the the shit on the ground which is like and and like the the evoking of like our senses like you're like yeah that's disgusting (laughs) like you know the lotion and the the feel of the skin and it's like this particular focus on these like minute details and then also Mm. the realism is also kind of a distraction because the rest of the story makes so much sense right like the rest of the first story you know going to a party girl like all that is like very normal stuff right and you have this weird thing in the middle but you know what's so strange about that is that it like gets to the heart of being alive right Mm. which is like very mundane things and then but at the core of being alive is kind of ridiculous like the core of existing makes no fucking sense yeah and yet we just we just wrap all this weird stuff around it and we call it a logical sensible existence
0: that's so that is such a good point, because it's like, yeah. I'm over here, like, how the fuck did the elephant get into the room? And then you're like, how did Jenny even get here? You know, what I mean, like, just like the <laughs> yeah. fact that, like, <laughs> Jenny is just in this random box in this random city at this <laughs> random moment in time. Like, why? The, like, how was that any more like Jenny more but the elephant? Is, like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's interesting. that That's a great um, point. That seems somehow more outlandish than the even just the, the even just the probability of Ginny being not only just born, but like, <laughs> but like right. they are in that moment at that specific. Because imagine if the elephant was just in the apartment, but Ginny had like gone grocery shopping and then it left, and then she came back. You know what I mean? Like it's right. like it's like she just happened to be there in the what three minutes the elephant was like fucking up all of her belongings right,
1: like, right exactly and then what? flew away right but then like also think about this like how many times were like elephants hanging out and then all of a sudden there's a building there and they're like what the f- when when did that building mm, get hit? this has been geez. this has been our watering hole for thousands of years That was a building what is this doing here like right. you know like is it more absurd that the elephant is there or is it more absurd that we're there yeah right. i don't know
0: right and that's that's real and like it's interesting because um because I mean, to that end right like the it's like a nice reversal of like, you know, we think about people's um impact on, you know, I mean everything is nature, right? But like what we consider in a in a mainstream sense to be nature, right? Like our impact as far as like yeah. civilizations and like fucking up the planet. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like the reversal of like okay, animals like now like taking over in, in like a, like a similar disruption, and then like just like kind of leaving and not really having much regard of what's going on in your mm. community. I thought that was like an interesting commentary. I don't mm. know if there was like a climate change intent there, but I thought I, I kind of read that a little bit when I was reading the story. Sure. Um, and then also, um, I also just just to the absurdity part, it was interesting because <laughs> then Jenny was like doing research, and she was like, "I'm pretty sure that was like an Indian elephant because like I don't see like an African elephant like fitting through the door frame." I'm like Jenny, like. <laughs> <laughs> the, like i like this i'm sorry this doesn't fucking matter like what it's <laughs> just does it she was like i'm pretty sure it's an idiot elephant and i was like girl i can't i was like child what the fuck um so yeah no that was wild um and i did think it was interesting um the, the part about especially the the mundane of mundanity i guess of it all i think that's kind of what i read as far as her interest in the elephant coming back like she's like was it inconvenient was it financially devastating was it absurd yes, <laughs> yes that this elephant was there but what it was is interesting, was interesting. i will never forget yeah. these 3 minutes again so i don't know like the, the yearning part like what what makes you yeah want to experience that again or something it, maybe not the elephant yeah. but something similarly like kind of out of out of this world you're like what the fuck yeah so it's very interesting
1: it's interesting because like we both Decry, but also r- require the magic of life, right? Like like mm. it's pointless if if like the whole reason like we're living is because of this like weirdness existence thing, right? But sometimes we forget that is and we just like focus on the mundane. But then yeah, in actuality, like right? like that's that's spark of life is why we live. but um mm-hmm. so i I agree with you the the yearning thing I'm sorry. I also just am deeply entertained that story um. <laughs> it
0: was like so <laughs> wild i was like how does so much happen in like what was literally like five so pages like god time. damn yeah, no, it was wild. Uh,
1: if if <laughs> so, I will. I will tell mine, which is called The delicious monster, and it's actually funny because it's also really absurd. I actually think the one we read together was the least absurd one we read.
0: Okay, uh,
1: <laughs> I think you'll like this one. So basically, it's this guy Jerry. It starts off with him, and he's thinking <laughs> Not about <Jerry>. his dad, <laughs> Jerry, right? And he's thinking about his dad, and like his basically his mom and dad are divorced, and is now his dad is living with his lover named Victor. So some his lover's name is Sudarshan, but then we later learn it's Victor, but then we learn it's not even that later on. Anyway, but before he gets to... <laughs> what? Before, yeah, it gets crazy. So before he gets to Carlos's house, which is his father, he's walking outside and there's this unhoused man but mm. the the man doesn't look like a man. He looks like a person wearing man clothing. If that <laughs> makes sense, his, his <laughs> <hair is> green. <laughs> he's clearly a magical creature of some kind. But Jerry doesn't know this, and he just has this policy. He's like, "Yeah, mm. here's twenty bucks." And the guy he's looking at this tree, and like the intro to this story is that there's a plant that's name basically translates to delicious monster. It's like basically this like Swiss tree ch- tree, Swiss mm. Swiss cheese looking leafed plant Mm -hmm. but anyway he sees that plant and he's like huh interesting and the the unhoused person is like no one usually pays any attention to what's happening in nature unless it's like in curated natural space and jerry's Mm -hmm. like okay like this conversation's going on a little long we're not really talking about anything but yeah sure it's a nice plant Mm -hmm. uh it's snowing outside i'm gonna go now so he thinks that's that interaction is over. He ends right. up at his dad's place. It's there's like it's it, again. It's that same like um what's it called mundaneness of like his dad and his mom got divorced and now he's like trying to figure out how he fits in his dad's new life and you know like his dad like offers him some tea but doesn't have, have he has a lot of sugar and jerry's like i don't like sugar and his dad's like you've always liked sugar and he's like i've never liked sugar dad you just weren't mm. paying attention and like Oof. he's seeing how his has changed with his like new lover and Sidarshan is like really sweet and he has tea and it's like, seems really normal. And they have this pet bird that eats snakes and then things go. <laughs> yeah. It's like going. Okay. It's like normally. a vulture. Like
0: what bird is eating? No, okay.
1: It's just this. And then he's like, what's the-? he's cause he's Jerry is like, parrots don't eat snakes. And then his dad's like, we never said it was a parrot Jerry. And Jerry's like, okay. And it's, oh, so there's a, so the reason for the story, there's a delicious monster. Plant in the corner, and um, Jerry's dad Carlos is like from South America, and like the plants from South America. Anyway, this whole thing, and he's talking mm-hmm. about his dad. His dad used to like kill snakes when he was a kid whatever it's this whole thing he always thought his dad like the stories his dad would tell like were very exaggerated so he thought he had like mm-hmm. this very exciting life but then his mom showed him a picture and apparently he just like lived in the city and like he is just kind of you know doing that dad thing where you just exaggerate your childhood mm-hmm. for your children but anyway you think everything is pretty mundane and normal here and then mm-hmm. Sarshan's like I have to go outside to see the eclipse are you guys all coming and Jerry's like yeah that's why you guys invited me remember you invited me to see the eclipse and he's like okay we had to see the eclipse and then Carl suddenly so like so what you're leaving you're leaving right now and jerry's like why is everyone getting so turret? we're just going on the roof to see see the eclipse <laughs> so they get up there and Siddarshan, whose name is suddenly victor which jerry is also confused about whose name is actually vishnu because he's actually a god he transforms into a god the tree <laughs> The delicious tree, which they can see from the rooftop, is cracking open and gives birth to Garuda, um, mm-hmm. which is also a Hindu god. And then also, the unhoused person he met and the bird are actually somehow related to (laughs) vishnu they're his son Mm. in some way and their brothers the bird and the guy who's maybe a person (laughs) but maybe not a person and is some incarnation of some magical creature and Mm. then jerry is like is sitting there very confused and that goes like do you know and jerry's like i just came over to see my dad now there's a flying god and a giant like (laughs) a, a bird human and then Carlos is like you're leaving me I love you dad, and, and then the, the Vishnu slash Victor is like I gotta go help Garuda cause we've gotta raise him he's gotta eat snakes and then Jerry's like hey dad didn't you used to kill snakes as a kid maybe you should just go with him and then Victor slash is like sorry it's too dangerous but then Garuda's like actually I wanna take your dad along so then he jumps on his back and they're about to fly off Vishnu's like no you gotta stay here Carlos and take care of Rudy and Gar's like never mind dad I'll do it and Jerry's just like (laughs) sitting there watching this all happen so (laughs) jerry's dad flies off with victor slash vishnu leaving him with his stepbrother gar and ruby who are maybe bird people (laughs) and jerry's like at the end of it he's like you're gonna have to water his plant and gar is like what plant he's like the delicious monster he keeps in the corner he's always forgetting about it and that's the end of the short story And it was wild. I had to read it twice. I had no idea what was happening. And I loved every second of it.
0: (laughs) I, I, okay. I, I, we, I'm going to, I'm going to put us in park real quick. Maybe reverse actually. So, okay. Jerry at (laughs) Carlos's house. So basically, so they go to the roof. So yeah. when Vishnu was looking at everybody, like the the guy wearing man clothes and the parrot and like the the yeah, the tree, that's like, not a parrot, yeah. right? <laughs> were they like all <laughs> talking to each other, or was it like were they like just like from the rooftop all like chatting or having this conversation? Like, how did they like communicate like what the next steps were going to be?
1: Yeah. So Gar, the per- the the bird, the, the mythical creature in human form, mm-hmm. was could talk to Rudy, his half brother, who's a bird. And mm. then Garuda was actually just being birthed from the center of that tree, which I think caught on fire, and I'm pretty sure the fire department like ended up showing up. So Garuda mm. just like burst out from the tree, which was in the like empty lot mm. next door that like Jerry had seen, you know, earlier in the story, mm. and and then Victor slash Vishnu was just um, a god human creature who was flaming at one point or had a flaming <laughs> ring or something. What? yeah it was it was wild it was wild and it was just like this really <laughs> i just loved it man it was like this mundane like a kid having to like really reassess like it's like it's like a kid having to meet his his dad's you know new husband and his mm. step-siblings but mm. it turns out your, your dad's new husband and step-siblings are god's <laughs> <It's Yes>. <laughs> so it's like a brain bunch-esque
0: <laughs> Magical and like toy. jerry who was both mundane and also i'm sorry even just like the fact that like his name is like jerry like it's just like this is just so right. like what okay so carlos vishnu who was the third person that also left
1: oh that's Gar- the garuda who just got birth who out was of the just tree. born Okay. Yeah. Cause so, they got to go eat snakes or something. And also, I do want to caveat asterisk. I understand Hinduism has like real spiritual aspects and like real religion. I do not think that's what was happening here, kind of like the Orishas and Kingdom of Souls, like, or even like in what's it called, Master of the Jinn. Like, this is clearly taking a less serious <laughs> aspect mm-hmm. of, you know, take on the stories. I just want to make sure, you know, we're not trying to. Disrespect anyone's actual religion. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so continue.
0: So Jerry was left with Gar. Who was the last one?
1: It's like Rudy, which was a bird.
0: Okay. So Rudy, who were both like, so those two were the bird and the person that, the unhoused person from the very beginning. Those two?
1: Yes. Yes. And I get, I got the sense that they were children of Vishnu, but like weren't the right incarnation of Garuda, who's like also a mythical God creature. And so they're like, they can't do whatever prophecy thing they're supposed to do in this story. Okay, Yeah. So they were like, you know, basically they have dad issues is what I'm saying. The two of them mm. kind of like Jerry also has dad issues. Cause no. his dad divorced his mom. And anyway, that's mm. why I said it was like very Brady Bunchy, but, um, wow. with magic. I, yeah. And I think they're all in Toronto, so.
0: Huh. Yeah. I, I'm like trying to like come up with like a take of like oh yeah like oh like symbolism. I'm. Like, there is no take. I, there is, I mean, there I probably
1: don't... is, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about just I. I for me, I liked because like. Carlos is South American, this guy, they said Southeast Asian, like there's this mm. like very fun, you know, cultural mix, but also with the like the mundane aspect of just like mm. living. And it's like, just, you know, the idea that in the Americas, like all of our cultures and like gods and mythologies and stories get like mixed together. Like, cause mm. and, like they say, like, you know, the delicious monster plant is from South America. So it's just like, you know, the ways that we, here in the states, as like, BIPOC people, people mm-hmm. of color, intermingle and connect. <laughs> I think yeah. was what I enjoyed about it, and also just the absurdity. I, I just, I, I always love like a, a normal character in absurd situations. I
0: yeah moment yeah. So. <laughs> I you know you know I agree. Um, so I fucking love that. I'm sure Jerry's internal monologue was hilarious. Um, I. I have no critiques actually. Like I like I just I fucking yeah. love that. And um, I also
1: like that the queer dads were not the absurd part of the story like that was also right. part of the mundane it was just everything else that was wild you know right like, i really <laughs> i really liked that too so it wasn't like this isn't a is a metaphor for like your dad being gay you're like no 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 that that part makes sense that was the normal part. <laughs> it was mm. all the other stuff that was kind of crazy i don't know i like i like I fucking, that so
0: i love that shit oh my god that's so fun oh right, well, hopefully they come back soon
1: yeah he said five
0: years that's what he. oh said okay so. that's okay that's okay <laughs> okay that's like a reasonable Carlos
1: was like that's too long to be away from you so but now they're together so they'll be back in five years you know jerry by that time he and gar will probably be best friends so. how old is jerry it didn't say it doesn't say i think he's grown but he i don't know he could be anywhere between 20 and 30 yeah like that's kind of what it gave life. yeah yeah Hmm. All right. Well, if y'all have some, I think this was a fun. <laughs> I think this was a fun kickoff to the summer. Like, I agree. Ups- and you know, I liked it, it, it because um we haven't. We don't always get to do magical realism, and this was true blue magical oh, realism. Oh, yeah. Right? Deep. So, Deep. Halo, thank you for that. This was fun, and and I, I like how she wrote the stories, and I like her little intros at the beginning with yourself mm. um anyway if you have thoughts or feelings or whatever you know hit us up these colored pages at gmail.com <laughs> or you can check out our website
0: thesecolorpages.com. beautiful yes 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 and of course if this show brought you any love light delight mm, yes please feel free to give us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast could we have a podcast spotify um tune in You know, all the other, wherever you listen, wherever you listen to podcasts, most likely we are there, except SoundCloud. SoundCloud, we are not there, but everybody else, yes. (laughs) So, um, and yes, also, if there's anyone in your life where you're like, you know what you need? like a nice cozy fun magical realism summer shorts Ooh, we outside ah e like <laughs> that like if you know someone that needs that like feel free to send them this episode uh no context and then um you know just proceed to maybe also seek out an eclipse yourself you know maybe take a picture oh, of it yeah. um and then unless throw your it's phone. a
1: solar eclipse in which
0: case don't yeah and then don't don't yeah don't do that Book um, away yeah. right yeah because also i mean and and then just proceed to just throw your phone like a frisbee because if anything if if, if the principles of magical realism remain consistent i'm sure it will be <laughs> just be waiting for you once you arrive home later so like just do whatever the fuck you want because honestly i'm sure the phone is just going to boomerang and come back right because like okay. what is life who cares next time we will be discussing a book a uh-huh. short story a play mm-hmm. maybe a video game we'll be discussing some Thing Dang. I think we might be reading a comic called Dodge City. We might be doing that, also, might sure. not. So, don't hold me to okay. that. And it's like, couldn't you have confirmed? <laughs> I'm like, I can't be held accountable. And they're like, but I think, and they're like, you had an extra week, and we're like, what? Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, we'll read something next week. <laughs> um, we'll be but here, but, we
1: promise. We will, yes, be
0: we, here. we we will be here, <laughs> but between now and then, um, Akra, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out?
1: Um, No, just until we meet again Remember to (laughs) Stay
2: stay colorful. Colorful